bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad man. I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your way. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today, I connect with someone that grew up on the... Um, uh, the KQRS Morning Show, and now he's a grown man with children. You hear that next, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Well, folks, the season is finally here. What season? Baseball and softball season, of course. Are you ready? What about you players out there? Are you ready? Is your equipment ready? What about that glove you've been using? What about that uniform you've been wearing year after year? Well, I tell you what, if it needs to be repaired, bring it to JB's Glove Repair. He'll have you together in no time. That's J-A-Y-B-E-E-S Glove Repair. With over 30 plus years of experience, he'll have you ready by game time. That's J-A-Y-B-E-E-S Glove Repair. Spider-Man and Freeze in full effect. Uh-huh. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, Dave? I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Oh, yeah. Take it down. Girl, I must warn you. I sense something strange in my mind. Yo. Situation is. Let's cure it because we're running out of time. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. In my intro, I uh, made notice that uh, I'd be connecting with somebody who, uh, for lack of a better term, grew up on the KQRS morning show, as we (laughs) watched him grow up on the KQRS morning show. Now, he is all grown up with children. He's married, and it's uh, Brent R. Wilcox. How you doing, Brent? I'm great, JB. Thanks for having me on, man. It's an honor. <laughs> I, I don't and know. I need, Go ahead. I, I need to clarify something, too. I don't know how much I grew up <laughs> on the morning show, but I did get older, and, uh, yeah, I think a lot of the wiser came maybe as I was out of the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> well, compared to the rest of us, you were like a young pup, so. Oh, no question. <laughs> I think it was maybe a year out of high school that I was in that building, so that's yeah. a fair a fair statement well that's um where did you um where did you grow up to start things off with and yeah sure i'm a saint paul kid really all the way through i uh lived in McAllister groveland area from the time i was two till i think 14 and then just moved a couple miles south to highland park um with my dad through high school and went to Highland Park Junior High in high school. Um, and then uh, I met a girl from all the way across to North St. Paul 
and then yeah i mean we dated for i don't know six seven years and then just moved a little bit more south to egan <laughs> yeah I, uh i do recall recall you guys dating uh while you were kind of um I don't know how to put this, uh, producing or in the background of the show. Um, no, I know. It's hard to put a finger on it for me on the show or even at the station because I did many, many different things. Um, yeah, we met also very early on. Uh, that was even a le- that was less than a year out of high school. Uh, I met her. Uh, she was going to Hamlin University. Leah is her name, by mm-hmm. the way. Still you know, married and all that. But right. uh, met her. I delivered a pizza to her. She was a a student at Hamlin and uh, I showed up on her dorm doorstep and I'll save you the details because it could take the rest of the 45 <laughs> minutes to tell the whole story. But um, yeah, we hit it off uh, right away and never looked back. So that does happen. People do meet on pizza delivery. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just in the uh, silly movie. Right. Um, so how did you get into radio? What was the, where did you get your training? Where did you get your start? Um, I guess I really never knew that this part. No, it's, uh, it's not super exciting, but it is pretty, you know, defined and that I can look back and, and, and figure out how and why I got into radio. I mean, I was kind of a, you know, I was involved and I was, you know, played sports in high school and all that, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't exactly, um, like goal-minded will say was not on the honor roll of any kind no but you know i got through it but i you know but i wasn't sure what i was wanting to do you know junior year senior year at older brothers they lived out in colorado i was i think weeks or months away from moving out there after graduation that fell apart they moved back but my dad's like boy well we were watching tv one time and a brown institute commercial came on television my dad said Something along the lines of, well, you like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) I think probably, you know, love for music might have been involved with that. And I think um, I still, you know, don't recall this specifically, but my dad has told me that I that we were listening to the KQ Morning Show when I was in high school and I got a kick out of that. And, you know, I'm sure Tom influenced me from a a younger age than I might remember but uh yeah when he had that idea uh i said that sure sounds interesting and it's not a four-year college and it's you know all it's you know it's it's nearby and so we uh i ended up going in and taking a whopping nine-month brown institute uh certificate program i swear it was just a few months after i got out of there i think or maybe a year or two but it I think you needed to take an 18 month degree and the price like quadrupled and um, my timing was good there. So I, I, before I even got out of Brown, I had an internship with May Young, who, you know, the wonderful and awesome May Young. Mm -hmm. uh, She's, uh, uh, you know, long time on air at KQ. And uh, she, she was, on the air one night when I was delivering pizzas and I heard something about blues traveler coming to town. So I called nine, eight, nine rock <laughs> and got may and she answered my question. And then we talked for 10 minutes and totally as an afterthought, I'm, I asked, well, do you have any internships open? And she said, you know, my intern just left last week. Why don't you come on in this Friday? And, uh, wow. and that's really what got my foot in the door. Well, uh, may it's something else. Uh, 
uh, Steely Dan came into town, um, I, and I get the year mixed up. It was either 92 or 96, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they thought it'd be funny to have the Hawaiian gal and the African-American guy introduce Steely Dan. So I got to introduce Steely Dan in concert. So That's huge. <laughs> Just that like, is huge. You know, the station was the, the main sponsor of the concert. Yeah, and they um, so I was backstage, and actually, it was the first time I noticed that they had set lists. I was like, because I had it taped to the floor. Uh, it was taped to a wall. Okay. And um, you know, that was actually the first concert I have had ever gone to in my life. To be honest, is that right? Yeah. Oh it's, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not much for, and I know this is going to sound strange because I worked college athletics and I was always around, you know, crowds, but I'm not one for crowds. So. Wow. Well, that makes me wonder a lot of things about you, JB. <laughs> if you got to that point without ever been, a, been to a concert, first of all, it's a great first concert to be with. Right. That is awesome company to be in because May is a wonderful person. Um, but the, the fact that, you hadn't been to a concert till then blows me away. You know, it's funny you say that. I looked just for some strange random reason. So I heard you and Tom on your last episode talking about St. Louis a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I just, I'm a huge music lover. So that started me thinking who's what, what big musicians are from St. Louis? Dude, you got nobody. Huh? Yeah. Like Chingy, you got Chingy. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> tell, tell me I'm wrong. Cause we could, or, Google didn't really give me much to work on. I thought Nelly was from St. Yeah, Louis, but Nelly. Nelly's, he's not, though, is he? No, Nelly is from St. Louis. You got uh, Chuck. Is... You got Chuck Berry, who oh, that's went big. who went to the same high school I went to, many years oh, no. apart. But uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, you had to clarify that, of course, didn't you? Many years, years apart. Of, many years apart. So but, how many more? How many years older are you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Um, yeah, and there are many others. Um, the great trump, trumpeter, uh, Miles Davis. Oh, wow. Okay, so also, Google failed me then. Those yes, are two huge. Yes, okay. those are very huge people. And people from St. Louis who will be listening to this will be screaming and sending me messages on many, <laughs> <laughs> on many well, others. So, well, you, well I, you came up with a couple of very good ones, so I don't think you shorted them. But it's good to know that because I'm thinking there's just no way. There's no way that there's not more notable musicians. But right. Whatever search I just happened to do didn't pull these things up. But, yeah, as far as the Nelly comment, just to explain, I think if I recall, he was born somewhere else. So maybe that's why it didn't show up. But, right. No. And but uh, I know he represented St. Louis. Yeah. And, uh, B.B. and Albert King got, they may not be uh, St. Louisans by birth, but uh, by music. Um, okay. They spent a lot of time in their early days in St. Louis also. It's a, it's a you know, and you're going to find, a, there's a few country music people and whatnot. I mean, names are escaping me, but it is a right. very, very big music town. Um very big entertainment town altogether, you know. That's good to know. I've never been. So I fully wholeheartedly take back my comments then about <laughs> you having nobody. Yeah. 
and there'll still be people uh, screaming and yelling. And I'll, I'll probably receive texts for weeks on people telling me somebody else and somebody else and somebody. It's uh, good to have active listeners. <laughs> yes, believe me, I have, have one sister who's very active, so I know that I'll be good. It's and, good, it's good. So, no, uh, uh, yeah, May and I got to uh, introduce Steely Dan and... Um, where was uh, that concert? It was at the Target's. Was it the Target? It might have been. No, I'm not sure. It was either the Target Center or the St. Paul's um, Center. And okay. the only thing I remember was there was this one lady off to, because we all sat in a group to the right of stage, or to the left of stage, and there was a mm-hmm. lady to the right of us who kept standing up and just spinning in circles. <laughs> it was oh, kinda... that sounds that sounds like a Grateful Dead concert, right there. <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of annoying because you you wanted to watch the band and watch them, you know, <laughs> perform. But out the corner yeah. of your eye, you kept seeing this woman just spin and spin, and, and they would sit her down, and five minutes later <laughs> she would stand back up and spin and spin, and they would come uh, and sit her down, and that went on the whole night. But it was it was a pretty good night, so. Uh, I would guess either acid or mushrooms. One of the two. But usually, but what you said something about you know you, you sending the, the African American and the Hawaiian to go introduce maybe one of the whitest bands ever. By right. the way, were you one of the only black people in the building? No, there were quite no? a few. I mean, Steely okay. Dan yeah. has a jazzy, um, right. funk feel to their their music. So, you know, sure. a couple of boys from New York who. Um, um, do the writing and producing and whatnot, but yeah, for those people who don't know Steely Dan, it's not a person; it's a group and it's right. a band, and uh, it's made up of studio mu- uh, musicians, and um, who uh, bring in different musicians over to play the same song over and over again until they feel like that's the person or that's the the sound they were looking for yeah they're they're perfectionists right from what i understand they didn't tour a whole lot earlier on in their years because they were so precise with their studio work and making it sound perfect that it was hard to replicate but yeah i've seen them also it's amazing music yeah and in in concert they sound pretty close to their studio sound so that's probably what they were working on so, so when you said that, but it did trigger me throughout the, the morning as I was drinking my first cup of coffee, I'm going down memory lane, memory lane just trying to recall some things that happened half of my life ago, you know, at the station in particular, of course, and the jingle, I think it turned into a jingle, didn't it, for the state fair? I mean, oh, probably yeah. <laughs> the, what, the Negro and, and the, the Jew go, go to the fair yeah. go, why don't you first <laughs> have that go? Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, a couple of episodes ago, I interviewed the, the guy who's in charge of the um, the stage uh, stuff at the fair. And, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, he's also the rink manager at the University of Minnesota. He's a friend, uh, Craig Floor. And he takes that time period off to help with the state fair. And... Um, 
Yeah. Right. So it it was inter, you know interesting to have him talk about that part. But yeah, no. <laughs> well, let me get it straight. Let me get it right. So it's the the Negro, Negro and, and the, the Jew go. Why don't you go to the fair? They would send me, <laughs> me, who of course is African American, and Tony, who's Jewish, and we want would wind up doing something stupid. Like uh, Tony went on the fling ride one year. They locked. I remember me. that. They, you know, and I'm not a ride person, so they put me on that ride where it spins around and it has the 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 chairs that are in that are swing chairs so mm-hmm. as you swing the more it goes faster the the more you know g's you basically pick up or whatever and then another time they locked me in a cage with an emu oh uh, yeah the state fair brought on a whole <laughs> lot of different types of things stretch would go out and do all of his things right oh, yeah yeah a lot of stretch would go out and mess with the carnies so that, yeah. <laughs> you know, his his intellectual uh, way of talking and dealing with people, and then you know him dealing with carnies was just <laughs> priceless. It really was. But then one year we went. Um, I know you weren't you weren't with the show at this point, but Tom and Terry had a cow milking milking contest. <laughs> The, oh boy the country girl and the city boy and tom actually won so <laughs> so yeah it was a it was the funniest thing ever watching him oh. making sure he didn't get kicked <laughs> i can't believe i never heard that when was that early early 90s uh no that was um actually not too long ago because michelle had michelle oh, tafoya okay. had joined the show at that point so oh after i left wow. right yeah, after oh you had left. So, sounds like good stuff. Yeah, it was it was weird. And, of course, you know, the State Fair is great people watching. So. Sure is. Uh, so, uh, and one other thing about concerts and me and May, they mm-hmm. wanted us to introduce um, Leonard Skinner, and I was like, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... I can understand that. Even though they had a black member of their band at one point, I was like, nah, that ain't, uh, that, that's a group that, and I like some of their music, and it has nothing to do with the group. It has something else to do with their uh, following. So You know, on that note, JB, I, 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 now that you mentioned that, I don't think I ever remember seeing you up at Moondance Jam. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it wouldn't shock me if my son has gone there. He has gone to like uh, that country music festival that they have every year. Oh, cool! Yeah, we bring him country or we fest or we whatever fest. it is. Yes, he's gone to that a couple of times, and it's like, what are you doing? But let's face <laughs> well, it. Oh, good for him. Today's country music is not country music. It's oh, uh, totally. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's twangy rock or whatever, yep. you know, no, with, without a lot of twang to it. So, and we have Taylor Swift to thank for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, just the crossover into poppy. I'm just right. kidding, though. I'm sure it's not all on her shoulders. So, your love of music was. Uh, do you play an instrument? Were you ever, you know, in a band or anything? It's just, it's a sore subject, JB. <laughs> we all have uh, we all have things in our life that we have wanted to accomplish or achieve or spend more time on that just hasn't happened whether you know 
it's obviously a, a lot of different things for a lot of different people and mine is actually playing an instrument I've, my mom made me play violin oh. when i was oh boy i don't know maybe i was 10 11 10 11 12 and uh i i don't even know that i played more than a year but um i know that that had an influence on me i was you know pretty decent for being in a year it was a good you know environment for to learn instructor and all that and I, I think that that definitely helped, but I also remember at even a much younger age laying on the floor with my dad's huge headphones. They looked like, gosh, I say that and don't have a good analogy, but just big and circular, you know, and they extend out from your ears a good six inches of foam and cushion yeah. laying on there. You know, he has an entire collection of vinyl albums, everything from, you know, ABBA to Zappa you know, and Fleetwood Mac and a lot of Bob Dylan and Air Supply and, you know, 60s, 70s, some 50s, you know, and I just, I would sit there and put an album on and fall asleep listening to it. And there was a handful of albums in particular I listened to over and over. But I think, I think all of that really fueled my love for music. My dad loved music, but in a little bit of a different way. Um, I, you know, I use it to drive my life. I really do. I just... I can't go more than much, more than like a day without getting into something for at least a handful of songs. But um, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't play a damn thing, man. I've got three. I think we have three or four acoustic guitars in the house and a little cheap electric. Uh, and I, you know, strum a handful of chords and I, I aspire to get some some thoughts out in music someday. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Do your your children play any instruments? Not really, you know. Uh, kid, my boy Dylan picked up the guitar and, and taught it himself really quite well. A friend came over, taught him a couple of things, spent a handful of hours on YouTube doing some lessons, and it was just heartwarming to watch him play the little that he learned over the course of you know maybe the six months of attention he gave it to him, gave right. it to him, maybe a year, but you know play. Uh, Something about seeing your 10-year-old boy pluck the Star-Spangled Banner without a mistake, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he all, they, both my kids love music and they listen to it a lot, um, but neither one really play. Talk about parental regrets, and it's never too late, but, yeah, right. we just never stuck them into lessons per se. Well, that is the new way. I work with a couple of young guys at my job, and that's how they're learning how to play the guitar is through the internet it's it's amazing you can learn how to do just about anything and everything now there's videos for everything it's uh, true somebody just told me that yesterday do you remember jason manning uh, name sounds a little familiar jason was at the station like right at, uh, around the time i got there in 94 he uh, and he uh, was at the station for a little bit left came back left again and then came up to duluth um and uh has been on the air here for 20 years and just kicking kicking butt anyway uh i just recently saw him and he was telling me the exact same thing he plays guitar uh and he said you can you can learn how to play by watching the right youtube videos right so how did you wind up uh on the morning show from being may's um intern I, it happened quickly, and I give all thanks to May because I was 
you know, pulling her CDs for her and, and being her, her, uh, brand new to radio sidekick on her evening and overnight shows. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't recall exactly, but it was probably no more than a couple of months that I was interning with her that she said, Oh, by the way, I put your name in for the morning show internship with Dave Hamilton. I, it's available. And, um, I, you know, I think you'd be great at it and they'd like, you. Uh, and then, I, I mean, I don't think it was more than a day after that, I found out that it was my gig and that, you know, of course is just doing a lot of the same stuff for them. It's answering the phones and, um, you know, doing really whatever the hell they wanted me to do, including driving out and getting bagels and turkey and cheese <laughs> for breakfast three days a week. Right. Um, so yeah, may just totally put both of my feet in the door and before I even knew it. Um, and I, you know, I just, I guess I hit it off with Tom and Dave and Terry and, um, yeah, it just kind of evolved a little bit from there. Well, those were interesting times because we were still in the old building at that point, right? Oh, boy, yeah. Sardine can. <laughs> yeah, you had, what, um, two radio stations in that building? Yeah, two, and then added a third. Right. So That's it, where it became, it became tight there. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, I was like, you know, fun times, as you can probably attest to. <laughs> well, what people don't know in the old building there was this nice little lobby and um, um, that's where the post morning show show would happen and it was better than the morning show isn't oh my god (laughs) JB you couldn't have said that any better you know that's I can't tell you how cool I felt at 20 years old 19 years old sitting in the lobby with, 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 you know, everyone from the show or at least most and, you know, Dave, uh, and the poor, <laughs> poor receptionist, whoever yes. it was that they had <laughs> to listen to just uh, everything under the sun. But, Oh my God, you're right. It was so much fun. And so many things were created from that, you know, I mean, right. I, to, Tony's obviously the mastermind behind a lot of the bits. I mean, not, I mean, that's not to discount what, you know, Tom put into them also, but, um, you know, Tony, I guess maybe had a, a little bit more of the, the weight to come up with ideas, but some of the, some, some good things came up as far as bits, you know, impressions, just ideas, content for the next day or whatever. Um, but it was, yeah, you're right. That was priceless time. Tony would pull more pranks on people. <laughs> he, I, I, uh, there was a uh, salesperson there and his name was, uh, Jeff. I think it was Jeff Litz. And, and um, he would always say hello to me, and I never knew his name. So I turned to Tony. I said, Tony, you got to tell me his name because he always, he's always <laughs> nice to me. Always, t-. And he tells me his name is Carl. Carl, of course, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, Carl, how's it going, Carl? Like, and Tony is just over in the corner just dying, Giggling. just I'm cracking sure. up. And I go, uh, your name's not Carl, is it? <laughs> he goes, no, it's Jeff. And he goes, how did you catch on to that? I said, look over there. And we just both looked at Tony, and Tony's yeah. just having, having a good time in his own little world. But that you know, that's Tony. You know, Tony has got to be one of the silliest people I know. I mean, he's just – it's fun to be around people like him that you just never know what's next. Right. You know, I don't know. He's, yeah, that was a lot of fun. 
He has two boys, and I've seen him with his boys a couple of times, and he's just as silly as they are. <laughs> so, is that right? Good. Yeah. That's very good to know. He's got a very handsome family. I don't. I know. I met his wife way, way right. back, but um, yeah, he. I can't imagine how much fun that family has. Think about that. Back in the day, it was so much fun on the air. So much fun, um, you know, after the show. Right. But even beyond that, it was honestly every commercial break. Everybody yes. would go to Studio A and yep. hang. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, I can't wait 10 minutes to talk with you again. It's just <laughs> bullshit a little bit more now. Yeah. And, you know, we we kept it, for the most part, kept it clean on air. Uh, the only time the F word was used was done by two black females. Um, oh. One was uh, the woman that plays Roz in one, What's Happening Now. <laughs> and I can't remember who the other one was, but they were the only ones that ever dropped the f bomb on, just on the, in interviews. No, just yeah, just being interviewed, yeah. and they're just having such a good time. They just kind of lost funny. their their way a little bit, and and of course, you know that Tom Tom enjoyed that. So I'm sure. I mean, it's a compliment because if, if folks get in an interview and they think it's going to be, you know. Billy Bob from the middle of nowhere and asking them the same five questions that everybody else asks them. And then they get into a few minutes and it's a fun conversation and they almost sometimes forget that they're on the air. Right. No, that's, um, that's, that is a gift that uh, Tom has is to be able to, uh, not be the total radio, you know, cliche and, um, as, uh, you know, not, listening to answers and whatnot and asking just going down his list number one tom never has a list of questions no. but number two like you know most people in radio has have a pre-list of questions are like when comics would come in they would tell us you know when we'd go to commercial break wow this is different and we would be like what do you mean well number one i didn't have to submit a list of questions to the host <laughs> me right. and then for them just to run down the list of questions and never really listen to the answers and you know and have a conversation remember how i mean i don't some listeners didn't realize how spontaneous the show was with his programming you know even before bryce was there think about it we were well i mean I, before bryce was officially sitting in the chair of right. producer it would be a matter of Terry would have, you know, one newspaper and the yep. highlighter. Tony would have the prep service that he just grabbed off the fax machine, you know, and, and every commercial break, somebody would come in and like toss a ripped up newspaper article on, <laughs> you know, on studio. A Tom would be sitting there with one of the newspapers just going, all right, what do we got going on today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at one point for two years, I wrote the traffic reports that Terry had to read. So Sky Crib won. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sky- I remember that. Sky Crib won <laughs> Blacktop Traffic. <laughs> it was that was fun. That was fun. Listeners yeah. like that. Yeah, and, and it was you know, it allowed me to express things like there's a instead of a car fire, a barbecue on, you know, <laughs> or right. something like that. Instead of an accident, uh a, a total yeah, slam a- slam bam jam on what wherever and wherever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Let's yeah. get, get some creativity out. Well, that's the one thing Dave told me when he when he hired me to do that part was to 
be as creative as possible. Don't be the you don't do the usual stuff. He says, well, you're gonna have to do the usual stuff. It's you know most of the time, but if you can throw in something different, right? And it, and it was fun because then I would send my last report. I only lived like ten minutes away from the station. I literally would do the last report, hop in my car, run to the station, and get there before. Um, you guys restarted because we had so many commercial ads on that show during that period that a 10-minute commercial break was about the norm. So that's <laughs> that's why we were able to go hang out in places and um, and talk with each other. Because Those were early days because Hamilton got his arms around that really quick. Yes. <laughs> every, every minute, every 30 seconds on that airs mattered right more music more listener right no it was it was a format that worked I and mean, it must have been interesting for your dad to for you to wind up on that show for him being a big listener to the show yeah you know he was really proud um oh god jb i'm gonna be talking about my dad I'm, uh, I'm sorry that's all right that's all right um he uh he was. He was proud. He was, uh, you know, he didn't go shout it from the rooftops, but he was happy to be able to tell his friends and answer people that asked him, hey, is that your son that's on the radio? Um, you know, it, which, it, uh, it means a lot to me. And it, you know, it's, it's not like I was on doing, you, you know, um, food drives. You know, I wasn't exactly making the world a better place doing what I was doing, maybe entertaining a few along the way or helping or whatever, but. Um, you know, looking back 20, 25 years, there's certainly things I did that I wish, I don't like to use the word wish much, but I, you know, in hindsight, I wouldn't have necessarily been proud to do not, you know, not terrible, terrible things, but just, you know, things that I probably wouldn't do now, but right. wouldn't necessarily want my kid to be doing in front of <laughs> 150,000 people, you know, when they're 20. But, you know, he just looked past that and he understood it was part of the deal. He understood that I was really just trying to kind of, um, do my part and uh help and make an i guess i don't want to say make a name necessarily but just get in somewhere and i was so incredibly lucky for that to be kq um but yeah he he had fun with it um i was fortunate enough and very thankful to be able to take him to some unique things along the way just whatever bob dylan willie nelson concert you know right uh just a couple, some unique things and he got to share in some of that uh some of that fun. Um, just to kind of bring our, our listeners in, uh, uh, Brent recently lost his dad. And I'm sorry for that, man. Nah, and and um, at some point today, between two and four, I got to go visit a friend who's um, not long on this earth. He's in hospice. Uh, they're putting together a gathering of old, um, he was the ticket manager at, um, the University of Minnesota, Ken Buell, and they put together a gathering, you know, I was an 18 year old when I stepped on that campus and worked and stepped into that athletic department and those people couldn't have been more better to me and Ken was definitely one of them who would pull me aside and check on me and, and make sure my experience in college was a good one and and unfortunately he's losing his battle with cancer so um it's yeah, not it's, it's not an easy it's it's not easy 
but I think I owe it to him to, uh, you know, show up and um, hopefully have some laughs with him today. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry Good for, for you, man. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. No, that's yeah. that's uh, it's life, dude. I mean, right. everyone's got everyone has it somewhere not far from them, and it, it's right. uh, it's reality and. You know, I'll say this. My dad, uh, he was very spiritual. He told us for many, many years that he wasn't afraid to die. And that meant the world to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that, not that we have it, not that we really have anything, any control over any of it, but, you know, it's, uh, it meant a lot to me. It gave me a lot of peace. Right. You know, he's, he got through Vietnam alive and, yeah. And, and shouldn't have. He got through cancer 20-something years ago and shouldn't have uh, by the odds the doctors were telling us. Um, you know, and he was, he was a thankful person. And I swear to you, JB, I've learned probably, well, I won't exaggerate, but I learned a lot in the last year from him that he's been gone, uh, even things beyond what I learned from him in the 46, you know, 45 years that I was with him um, in the sense that just things stick with you, you know. Kids pick up on things. Kids, kids absorb things. You might not even ever talk with them. Don't talk with your parents or kid about something necessarily. And I just I, I feel like I absorbed so much from him that I'm thankful for that allow me to pass on having to my kids. You know, just the unconditional love. You know, and stuff like that, and not not judging me. Right. Uh, and priceless. It's you know he's gone and I miss the hell out of him, but he's you know he's still obviously there. Well, um, my mother would uh, would tell us the Sadie. same. My mother would tell us the same thing. And um, okay, talking with your talking with your wife. No, I'm sorry. I you cut out for just a split second, and I okay. thought you stopped talking, so I said what. So yeah, your mother would go along those same beliefs. Yeah, she she was very a very devout Catholic, and she would um, she would tell us the same thing. Uh, I don't mean to bring people down here, so we're gonna we're gonna take a break here, regroup, play a commercial for uh, my favorite sponsor, and for those out there listening, if you know of somebody who may want to uh, run an ad on this show, just have them reach out to me. I'd love to have more more uh, sponsors, but uh, yeah, uh, Bradshaw and Bryant with uh, Mike Bryant, he's been good to me and been good to KQ and been good to radio overall, you hear his ads, and now you're about to hear his ad here on the JB Low Tech Podcast, and then we'll come back and be a little bit more upbeat with <laughs> Brent Dar Wilcox uh, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. When you need someone to listen A lawyer you know Congratulations to all the Minnesota businesses that scraped through the last year. It sure hasn't been easy, but we've done it together. And while we certainly need to move forward, it's good to reflect on what we've been through and the many losses. Here at Bradshaw Bryant, we held a lot of Zoom meetings, increased our phone calls, and have done our best to keep up with all the changes while continuing to provide quality work. We'd like to thank everyone that turned to us with their personal injury and criminal needs as well as the courtrooms for bringing the community back together to serve justice. We look forward to being part of Minnesota's growth and success for many years to come. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything till you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice. 
And we're back here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today's guest is Brent R. Wilcox, former member of the KQRS Morning Show. And uh, I have a two-part question for you involving one letter. Uh-oh. <laughs> R, and why did Tom s- uh, say the R in your name all the time? <laughs> um. You know, it's not not a super exciting story, but it's definitely uh, definitely a reason behind it. So, it, when I got there, there was an intern doing you know kind of what I started doing. Uh, Scott Clark, Scott B. Clark, great dude, and still keep in touch with him a little bit uh, from time to time. He was there uh, in the morning show. Would refer to him as Scott B. Clark on the air. You know, hey, we got a caller, Scott B. Clark. Who is it? You know, or whatever. Right. And because I guess that was because first time Scott met Tom, Scott shook his hand and said, "Hi, I'm Scott B. Clark." So when I, you know, I guess that stuck. So when he left, I also inherited the middle initial nickname, and my middle name is Ryan. So that's how it worked. This is amazing how something so simple is, you know, just stuck. I mean, obviously the morning show's listenership is and was huge, but. Uh, yeah, longevity, the power of repetition. <laughs> well, for me, uh, JB was taken from a shirt I had on. My bro- oh, really? <laughs> my brother, um, my brother had uh, oldest brother had one year had given everybody a T-shirt with um, with their name or initials on the front of it. And then on the back, there was some type of slogan that showed your rank in the family and mine, which I still have the shirt to this day. Mine said, seventh one, fourth son. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah. Seventh I'm, one, fourth son. Uh, what, yeah. you have three, two sisters? No, I had, uh, actually, there's nine of us. There's, I have four uh, brothers and four sisters, but I am the seventh uh, kid and the fourth boy. So. so how did J-A-Y-B-E-E come to evolve? <laughs> well, at the university in the athletic department, um, especially with the student managers, everybody got a nickname, and they struggled to give me a nickname for the longest time, for at least a year, year and a half. Uh, they didn't want to call me my nickname from high school, which was which was Black. And uh, <laughs> yeah, which, probably a good idea. Which was half of my full name, I mean, full last name. Oh, and they sure, struggled sure. and struggled. And one day I wore that T-shirt into work, and one of the guys said, "A uh, guy named Ty Strausner, JB, huh? That's your nickname." And it just stuck from that point on. And and me spelling it out was just me goofing around. Yeah, at work trying to be a little different. Yeah, 
Because at first I was going to do it where the letters J and B touched and formed a bubble B. But it's like, nah, most people wouldn't get that. So... Well, you you deserve more than just two letters. I mean, you deserve all six of those. Not to mention that one of the better drops of all time. I don't know where where it came from. Was just a very simple JB. <laughs> and you, and this is okay. This is very odd, Brent. Bring it. I notice how people say that, and it's and it's funny. I had two softball coaches, they the head coach and co coach, who would literally sing it. To me jb oh hell yeah you gotta draw it out there should be right. a couple more e's as far as i'm concerned and i just i've said to myself that i should pull out my phone and just have people different people say it because everybody says it differently you can't tell me that drop was from a friend of yours no that wasn't that was tom Okay, I was gonna say Tom or Tony, but um, no, but oh, it, was one of, it was one of them saying it. One of the two of those guys saying it. Yes, a drop. Oh, I thought that was from something outside the nest. Okay, all right, well, whatever. It's still a great drop. No, I believe it was one of those two. I've heard Tom say it many, many times. I just right. thought, I thought he might be echoing the drop, but either way, it's great. No, and I remember was... on the morning show, best of the morning show CDs, you have it, your name written out there, in, you know, right. written out with pen and JD. Well, one of the best morning, sh- best of the morning show covers ever, was my idea. Take because there were seven of us at the time. Take the seven original astronauts and put a yeah, sh- <laughs> put a shade <laughs> over mine to represent me. <laughs> that all. The, so people who might have been offended, that all came from me. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that was your idea. I remember <laughs> the cover. That's for sure. Yeah, that was no. That, I went to Dave, and he thought it was hilarious and. When it came in and I saw that, it's like, wow, they actually went with it. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was totally my idea. Yeah, let's That's take the great. seven original because I had saw the photo somewhere. It might have been in a studio on a book or something. Because you know we always got books that came to the show and you know everything tied to gas would show up there. I mean right. the amount of stuff that showed up there. To promote oh, some some guests or some uh, contest or some, you know, it was just it's crazy, isn't it? Right. I mean, you walk out of the studio, you never know what's going to be on that table. Right, and you, you know, and you walk in and be something different, new for you to play with and occupy your hands <laughs> as the show was going on. Honestly, oh look, there's somebody brought some muffins over there. Oh, right. where are they? They're right next to the sex toys. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. There's, there's, crazy yeah i mean it was um it was truly wkrp ish if anybody (laughs) had ever seen that show which Uh, you know (laughs) exactly sorry to interrupt yeah that was a you know the the flying turkey out of the window on wkrp and um yeah i mean there was some there was some things there was some stunts we pulled that i remember one thing in particular where PlayStation 3 was coming out, and everybody and their mom wanted that PlayStation 3, and they'd give up their house for it if they could get their hands on it. And so we had some fun with it, got a hold of one, and uh, and did what would you do for a PlayStation 3? Oh, yeah, it was right. And oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, quickly it was people tasering themselves right. to eating live mice, yeah, to sn- snorting crickets. I mean, it was obscene and. All of this stuff, including tasers on three people, got to the point where people were like, 
yeah, sure. Why don't you just go ahead and tease me after I get this quick and snort the crickets because I want to win. Right. And I think we're far enough away from it. We can talk about it and laugh now. <laughs> but like a month, but a month later, somebody died in a radio prank drinking too much water. Not a right. prank, a contest. Contest. And, yeah. and, and people got huge. You know, trouble for that. I'm like, right. oh my gosh. And we were like, yeah, we're kind of gonna tune this, tune this down now, because they, they were, they were getting crazier and crazier and crazier, and, and people, they all wanted their 15 minutes on that show. When they talk about 15 minutes of fame, they all wanted their 15 minutes on that show, and it was just, um, yeah, it's true. Uh, just, you, you just stand there and scratch your head because it's like there's no way in hell you're going to get me to do some of those things but then well, so, you obviously go ahead go no it's, but then they got me locked into a cage with an emu now the the emu was in a separate cage so i was in an outer cage but i was still locked in and he would and then i find out that they could ev eviscerate you and i was like oh great now you put me in with an animal that could rip me open it, it it was pecking me, you know. It kept trying to peck me, and I was like, "Tony, open this gate so I get Tony." And of course, Tony's outside, just gate, just having his uh, blanks and giggles. But um, <laughs> I miss Tony's giggle. That giggle yeah. will always ring in my head, and I I, I yeah. hope he I can touch it some point. It, it has not changed. It's, it's, That's very good thing, yeah. and you obviously learned a few things along the way, hanging out in all the studios and stuff. Because uh, your podcast is very enjoyable, in my opinion, and I respect the hell out of you for doing it. And when you told me why you did it, I loved it even more. And um, in the sense that you, if you don't, I guess if you don't mind me just saying no, it, so I don't go have ahead. to make you say it again. But you know, in just the sense that you know, especially COVID time, everyone's having to hunker down and, and, and not see the people they want to see and be out and and this is i believe tell me if i'm wrong but this is a way for you to keep in touch with your friends and i don't yep. know if there's a lot more than that um and i think that's awesome well it was uh to do a show which tom and uh philly kept telling me to do mm -hmm. um to fight the isolation uh reach out to people and to also battle uh, anxiety and depression, so it was uh, it was a godsend that. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I paid no attention to the technical side of um, radio. I didn't know how to hook anything. Now I was lucky. My dad was a uh, my dad who called himself PJ the DJ would uh, on the weekends go to and do house parties or uh, clubs or gatherings. And he would DJ them. So there was some knowledge of connecting this to that and that to this to get sound or whatever. But, you know, I had no formal training. And um, as we joked in my family, our, our dad created surround sound because he ran speakers throughout the house. So wherever he went, whatever he list was listening to, followed him. You know, this is long before Bluetooth and all this other technology right. we have now so he had to run wires from from where his setup was to you know the bathroom to the kitchen yeah. to the yeah. porch to the patio in the backyard to the neighbor's garage because they would hang out there in the winter time and you know that's determination for good sound right there right 
but he would, you know, his music and his uh, talk radio would follow him wherever he, you know, or sports radio would follow him wherever he was if he was near the house. So, so we jokingly well, state that he created surround sound because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I would, I would freak friends out when they would go ask um, to use the, our bathroom. And they and my dad had put a Frankenstein switch <laughs> above the outer bathroom door frame. So when they would go in there, there was a speaker in the bathroom. <laughs> they go in there, I'd throw the switch in the ear, and I'd go, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see how that'd be a little weird. <laughs> so, That's funny. Yeah. Well, PJ the DJ invented surround sound. Yeah, he, he invented surround sound. All right. He at least surrounded us in sound. So and that was an influence on me because I would go to bed at night either listening to Cardinal baseball or blues hockey, and um, or uh, music or something. So yeah, what kind of music do you like? Um, you know, funk, rock. You know, I get into a little, you know, some rap, uh, jazz, of course. My dad had it; he had it all except for country. And he probably had maybe a little country in there too, because I'm sure he had a little. Uh, um, I can't think of the country guy's name. He was uh, he was an African American country singer, Percy something, which was also my dad's name. And um, oh yeah, I've uh, heard you talk about Percy on the air quite right. a few times. And um, well, Tom actually interviewed my parents one time, so that was. You know, my, really? Yeah, my dad didn't have much to say. My mom kind of carried the conversation. <laughs> but, uh, no, but we heard everything. And I know those headphones you talked about, we called them cans because they were yeah. so big and so the foam on them was so puffy. And Oh, yeah. But they locked in the sound. No, I, I grew up, you know, listening. Um, I had a history... Uh, lesson as probably as well as you did through music you mm-hmm. know my dad had stuff that dated back to the uh, early 1900s like 1909 the type of records that if you hit somebody with they would break you know those type of records but he oh, wow, yeah. he had all all that music and our family still has it it needs to and I've said this to them it needs to be cataloged and insured I think my brother did finally insure it, but I don't think it's been cataloged. It's it's an amazing col- uh, vinyl collection. Tell me he doesn't have a, a, a original Robert Johnson album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he ever had an album. I don't think he had that many songs. <laughs> that goes back to the 20s, doesn't right. it? Right. And twenties. But, uh, um, but no. yeah, that's phenomenal. That's, it's a beautiful thing. It's very simple, you know, but gosh, to deprive your, to deprive your kids of music is is a crime in my opinion oh yeah yeah <laughs> I, mean, I mean there's so many so much good stuff out there just yeah. gotta find what you what moves you or what you enjoy yeah their music is going to be different from the music that you grew up with but um well, like hey, you, music is music i mean right. truly i mean of course there's some <laughs> exceptions that have good arguments but it's you know it really is i there's very, very, very few types of music that I don't like. But everyone's got their thing. But even if it's just a genre or two that you like, I mean, there's a lot probably within that genre. You can go on for a long time. Now, I, the, another reason why I have guests on 
is to uh, go into their latest um, endeavors in their life. And you uh, went from managing rental um, buildings and units to, uh, to now being a realtor. And let's kind of get into that because uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh housing market is an interesting one because it never basically it never goes flat yeah well i guess you know as far as the transition goes i did just, i get i got into real estate about 10 years ago and you're close but not exactly on i wasn't necessarily a property manager the company i worked for was the management company i was the leasing agent i was a licensed real estate agent but i was helping investors, some of them accidental investors in the sense that they couldn't sell at the time that they wanted to because of the market, uh, helped people rent them out for years and years. And uh, that was my job. Uh, about two and a half years ago, I switched over to become a traditional realtor, helping my clients and friends and whatnot buy and sell mostly residential real estate. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm doing now um, as far as the market. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously there's different areas of town that are a little bit different than some other areas and there's uh you know it ebbs and flows like any other obviously but um the real estate market in general is is obviously very uh hot in the sense that if you're selling a property it's likely going to move pretty quickly uh you know and, and at a price that you're going to be pretty happy with you know it's again general terms every price range has their own obstacles and every property and area has their own pros and cons, but uh, generally it's a very good time to sell. Um, that doesn't mean it's not a good time to buy. It's certainly a more challenging time, but for the people who are qualified and motivated and, and ready, it's certainly, there's plenty of properties out there, but this is really what I wanted to do. I mean, honestly, even in my earlier days of radio, there was something about real estate that appealed to me. Um, you know, I rode the radio wave for a while, maybe right. arguably a, lot, a year or two longer than I needed to, but so I made the wise decision of changing careers as soon as our second kid was born, like that week. So um, it was a bit of a bouncy learning curve for the first year or two, but I learned a whole heck of a lot and a lot of what I needed to know and had a great time, um, you know, at what the Renters Warehouse was the name of the business. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, but I always had my eye on becoming my own independent realtor and, and that's where I'm at. So by all means let me know if i can help you out but yeah it's uh it's it's I, I enjoy it it feels right i always love keeping in touch with you know people from my past that i have a lot of respect for or have good times with that i want to keep in touch with that inspire me that are just kind to people and and i've got fortunately a pretty decent bank of people to, to pick from um that's not bragging it's just the way my life has led me i've just met a lot of people and i I have no qualms about calling people after five or 10 years saying, let's go golfing. Yeah. Let's go grab lunch. You know, I just, it's in me. So if I can ride that, I think real estate will serve me pretty well. Yeah. You did that with me. Um, and, uh, so is that why you got into, uh, real estate, uh, being a realtor, real estate, just, uh, is connecting it? with people? You know, it's a few, there's a few reasons, I guess. I wouldn't say that that's why I got into it, JB, because I didn't necessarily know that was my total human nature, even when I was inclined to get into real estate. When I'm 22, 24, 26, 
you know, I was a young punk. I didn't have uh, the appreciation and understanding of what my priorities were as much as I do now. Obviously, I'm still hopefully <laughs> five years ago, I'll be saying the same thing about today. But it's, um, you know, I just kind of learned that I do like to keep in touch with people. And that's why I maybe continued to pursue it, maybe. But the, the, just the feel of being out, helping people uh, walk through important decisions, educating them, not having a boss looking over my shoulder per se, uh, being out and about, not at a desk. Um, as I got into radio and, and got closer to being in real estate, I started seeing a lot of the parallels in that, I mean, especially working for a station like KQ, there's such a passion for the station. I mean, the listeners are just gung, a lot of them are gung-ho and the Vegas trips and, you know, it's, it's a passion for music too. It's not just our, you know, not just KQ people, but it's music and it is obviously a real passion for real estate. I, rightfully so. It's where you're likely going to be living or maybe it's an investment property that's going to be your nest egg for when you retire. It's right. important stuff, but mostly people are living in it. So they're passionate. They're excited. They're, they want to find what they're looking for and, you know, through doing the right things, persistence, research, communication, all that, you can usually get that accomplished. Well, you brought up the one sore uh, point for me with the station. I never made a Vegas trip. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Huh? <laughs> I, but I got over it. I have gone to Vegas, so I'm not, you know, not <laughs> like I've missed out on anything. Because I've been to Vegas twice, and I've never been so bored in my life. So. Oh really? Yeah, I'm not a. Well, I'm not a gambler. I'm not a strip club person. So, <laughs> and I couldn't talk anybody to go into comedy shows with me. So I just basically just kind of wandered. <laughs> you know and, yeah. and 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 tried food you know went to different restaurants it's not for everyone that's for sure and to be honest i'm i'm kind of meh about it uh i don't know i still look forward to going especially with my wife for the right people but it's it is overwhelming it's a lot it's you know it's not the cleanest place it's obviously not the safest place necessarily these days but um it's uh you know, I'm not going to lie to you, the trips were fun, but you probably got a real good gist of it through listening and looking at the pictures online or hearing stories. Yeah. No, uh, um, but uh, getting back to housing, I was just, uh, you know, I as we were kind of talking about, and I'm not going to go deep into this again, lost our mother, and so uh, my siblings and I inherited the house that we grew up in. Hmm. And to find out the value of that, our parents' home in St. Louis and knowing what it would have been here was kind of kind of depressing because uh, I think it was less than $50,000 it was valued in St. Louis, whereas that same house here easily would have been another $100,000 more, if not even more than that. And it was like, wow. But, you know, even with the when the housing uh market crashed there was pretty much little to no effect to the twin cities yeah you know i mean it's pretty pretty um, wonderful area i mean it's funny i've never really i've never lived outside of you know st paul and egan so i you know i don't necessarily know what i don't know obviously i do you know seen and do plenty of research on other areas and i read certain things but i I definitely appreciate the market that we're in for what it is and, and part of the country and the school districts and 
um, you know, it's it's oftentimes on near you know near the top of lists of great areas to raise a family and stuff like that. You know, areas of the country, and uh, you know, there's plenty of reasons uh, for liking Minnesota. Obviously, um, you know, and I'm, you know, last couple of years have been difficult on probably the reputation and the safety of Twin Cities, but it's you know, it is what it is, and hopefully we can all move. You know, just make improvements moving forward. But it's yeah, the city is a you know, and I should make one real quick clarification. When you asked about the market, there's two different conversations. I mean, there's a, what's the market like and what are property values like? Because right. what's the market like, it's not a simple answer. It's not, oh, it's great. It's, well, where are you? And are you buying? Are you selling? Right. Are you buying? Are you selling at $800,000 house or is it a $200,000? You know, what's your, what are your needs? So there's obviously a little Q&A that kind of helps massage that. But as far as property values go, Again, can't speak 100% for every property everywhere, but the property values right now, for the most part, in most areas, uh, are you know as high as they've ever been, higher than they've ever been. Um, and communities seem to keep growing and growing and growing, and there always seems to be, well, at least right now, there seems to be a shortage in inventory. So, I, well, I, that's that is totally it. You know, a lot of a decent property in a decent area. You put it on the market at a, a fair price, you know, a lot of times it's going to be several to a dozen or two offers, you know. Um, and it's, you know, not to scare anyone who's looking because a lot of times half of those offers are instantly just not what most sellers are looking for. But, yeah, it's a very competitive market to be buying in. But a lot of cash buyers out there these days, a lot of investors, um, a lot of uh, commercial yeah. businesses buying up investment properties as well it's newer trends and but yeah it's it's fun we'll see you know i, I anticipate being in this industry for for many years to come so i'm you know, looking forward to watching the ebbs and flows but the, the basis of it the what the job entails and who i expect and hope to work with moving forward excites me i don't i don't want i, I don't hope i don't plan to necessarily spend much time looking for business from people that I don't even necessarily know and that's not to say that I'm not happy to do it but I right. know people that I really want to keep in touch with so why not accomplish both of those things at the same time yeah I saw a story on channel 5 news about a week ago and it was a woman who was trying to trying to downsize uh, and she sold her home got way above what she was trying to uh, mm. sell it for but then had to move into an apartment temporarily because there was no inventory for her, <laughs> nothing oh, for well, her to buy. Yeah, that's the number one problem right now is, <clears throat> you know, plenty of plenty of people qualify just fine for, for good properties that they put offers in that are even above asking price and they lose by tens of thousands of dollars um, because of that, because the market is that. You know, the people who are, are really in good positions right now are maybe those... I mean, I hate to phrase it this way, but folks that are people who might be losing, I shouldn't even say losing, maybe if parents are transitioning into, uh, you know, assisted living places and they have right. mom and dad's house. Uh, maybe it's somebody, maybe it is someone who's downsizing and, and becoming an empty nester instead of 3,000 square feet, they just need that 1,000 square foot condo. Now, yeah, condo is going to be expensive too, but, um, you know, there's those who have options and some flexibility or, or have a, maybe... You know, in my case, I work with a lot of people who did rent out and have been renting out their properties for a lot of years, but now their tenants' leases are ending. 
the governor's peacetime emergency restrictions are loosening up here in the coming weeks and they are like you know what look at these values let's sell now and they don't have to go look for a new place until they really want to if they're going to get another investment property well so that's a good position to be in too yeah well six uh it will be six years ago i bought this condo unit and um got a very good price for it and and of course, all I receive is junk mail telling me how much I can get for it now. And it's like, well, why would I want to move, <laughs> move and be out there looking for something else at this point? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's all circumstantial. It's all a matter of what options you got and where your next step is. So, as we wrap this up, my friend, um, any last um, thoughts or you know images? For you, for your time at uh, KQRS and hanging out with the group? You know, I just, I mean, I don't know. I hope it's not cliche to just say I'm so thankful because I really am. It, it takes a lot of good fortune and good timing to be put in unique positions like this that I was in, you know, uh, to be able to just enjoy so many years with some, so many cool people. A lot of those people went out of their way to do really kind things for me. That never, that never, that's never going to leave me. I mean, the generosity that, that Bernard had and Hamilton and Terry Train and, you know, I just, I could, I could go down the list. But right. the thing is, in hindsight, as I get older, I look back and go, wow, they really steered me in the right direction. Whether it was career-wise, whether it was life-wise, you know, parenting advice, whatever. You know, I mean, I keep in touch with quite a few of these people still for good reason. And um, I'm thankful for that. Um, I guess, you know, any advice to anybody is just keep your eyes open and try to put yourself and see those positions uh, and opportunities to, to grab onto. Some tree limbs are stronger than others. And, um, and I guess more along the lines with what you want to do and with what, what your heart's telling you to do. I don't know. I didn't expect a Jerry Springer final word necessarily, but um, <laughs> I, I know it was the time was the time was absolutely priceless. Um, yeah. And I got to meet amazing people, including yourself, JB. I love you. I do. You're a great human being. I, there's not many people that worked in that building, especially for as long as you did. Yeah, I don't think I had, had any heard anyone say anything negatively about. You know, there was some chit chat in that building over the course of years, and obviously great people. But it's just right. the nature of everything: human nature, radio nature, whatever, uh, and media. You know, just having some egos in the building and whatnot. But I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything negative about you, and that doesn't surprise me. But it just says a lot about you, well, in my opinion. It helps when you. Um only come in one day a week and people are kind of <laughs> people are kind of excited to see you whereas when you're there five days a week you're like uh you again <laughs> now i feel you but you know still it, i i appreciate your, our yeah. relationship and what you're doing i do i think it's a great way to keep in touch with people and right. allowing other people to be along for the ride well it was i know for for several of us it was nice to watch a young person come of age as they were working with us you know watching you you know you get engaged and get married and have a child and all those things we you know we got to kind of from afar well not too far but from a distance uh see that happening and it it, it was exciting and and made us happy so you know, well it wasn't a very far distance you were right there certainly all you guys were and 
steered me. No, I, thank you. That's very, very nice of you. Um, uh, I will, uh, to give some credit for the longevity of being there at the station, I'll give some to May, and maybe I'll leave this as a, a final Jerry Springer thought. Yeah. First, one of the very first things she said to me, when, after she got me the morning show, or after she put me into the morning show internship, is she looked at me and said, be very careful about what you say about other people in this building. I mean, it's obviously great words of wisdom yes. anyway, but it's, she said that, I felt it, I took heed to it. You know, I can't say I never made a smart-ass comment about right. somebody or, or was always an angel, but um, it, it just, I mean, I swear that's, those words are kind of what helped me. Just mind my business, not get involved in drama that I didn't need to, and all that kind of stuff, and that helps. So, true, truer words were never smoke, uh, smoking, spoken. <laughs> truer words well, were never spoken by anybody. And May was kind of a Zen master, anyway. So, yep. You know, she when you when you sat down and talked with May, uh, you just felt calm. You just felt happy. You, you know, you were never stressed out. You were never ticked off. You were you were just always put in a good place. So I'll leave you it. With say that. That. Yeah, you couldn't say that any better. That's exactly me. I think it's the Hawaiian. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you should, you should have her on your show, by the way. I probably need to uh, uh, connect with her. I definitely need to find out where Hamilton is. Um, awesome. I shouldn't. Never mind. Uh, May Young. Uh, yeah. For just a little fun fact for someone who might not know her name, uh, also the current and has been a long time voice of, or one of them at least, of Home Furniture, the TV Home Furniture commercials that a lot of the female voices. Oh, uh, I see. Now you told to learn something new. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. She's got a one of a kind voice, and she's a one of a kind person, and yeah, whatever. Just a little fun fact for you, but she's—I keep in touch with her a little bit. Um, yeah, she's always great to talk to, and like you said, she's just a calming person. All right, well, I appreciate you coming on. Go enjoy your Saturday with your uh, lovely bride. You know, you guys are are kind of doing a weekend vacation here, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But I really appreciate you coming on. And um, and uh, no. kind of reminisce, reminiscing about the um, our past, and also kind of helping people with uh, with possibly with their future. So that's a good deal. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Now I feel like one of the guests on the KQ Morning Show. I'm going to plug my website. So if Go anybody ahead. happens to strike a chord with what we're talking about, just let me know. B, uh, so it's BRW, my initials, Brent R. Wilcox, BRW Realty. BRWRealty.com. Go there and you can find my number and look at houses and all that. But if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. Otherwise, JB, it's awesome talking with you again. Let's please keep in touch. Again, this has been Brent R. Wilcox here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB is my name and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black, African-American, black, black, black. Django, J, B. Damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know J, B. Our great Negro sex machine.